and welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and pleased to welcome Sasa Pesic. He's managing partner at BetterFleet, and BetterFleet is an NSTA vendor partner member. So, Sasha, welcome to NSTA, The Bus Stop. Thank you for having me, Kurt. Now, listen, it's our pleasure. And for folks who might not have been and how could you not go to the NSTA midwinter meeting? Sasha, you participated on one of our panel sessions with respect to electric school bus, and we called it Our Journey Continues Electric School Bus Infrastructure Panel. So, you know, th- thanks for, you know, participating, you know, with us. I mean, you also are on the um, Manufacturer Suppliers and Technology Committee, so we appreciate your support there. But you, you know, you and BetterFleet are are fairly new to to NSTA. So I think let's start with you telling the listeners a little bit more about BetterFleet. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I, I mean, San Diego was fantastic. It's, it's a shame for folks that didn't make it out, but certainly BetterFleet. You know, our singular focus is towards electrification and decarbonizing complex fleets. So that's really kind of where we shine. We're, you know, we like to see ourselves in, uh, as your partner throughout the entire journey in electrification. And that's both with battery electric vehicles and hydrogen vehicles. But essentially, you know, we offer both consulting and software solutions that support across that entire journey. Uh, what we do is independent, it's agnostic. And, you know, we can talk a little more about that. But w- what's important about that is that as we're so early in this journey, you know, having options and understanding what your options are, not getting tied down too early, uh, just gives you that flexibility to respond as, as market conditions change. So we developed tools and, and the, the advisory that we provide to support that entire journey. And uh, right now we are working with uh, Dean Transportation. They've been a great partner of ours and looking at some of their electrification pathways. Fantastic. And and you yourself, so one of my favorite parts of doing NSTA at the bus stop is to talk uh, to folks and you know how they got to where they are in terms of student transportation. So um, why don't you give the listeners a little, uh, you know, brief glimpse into your, your background? Yeah, for sure. I mean, had you asked me, uh, you know, in 2003, when I graduated, uh, if this is what I'd be doing, the, the answer would have been no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I went to school for economics, finance. I came out, was really interested in the finance industry, you know, trading, all that stuff. And that, that was the dream, you know, to work in that, that field. And you know, I was fortunate enough to work in capital markets and I got that exposure. And you know what? I hated it. <laughs> I hated every minute of it. It, it. it just did not inspire me whatsoever. And, you know, I did some deep soul searching at the time. And I said, you know, what really makes me happy? And, you know, it, it came to me that transportation has always been something that's really interested me. You know, planes, buses, trains, all these kind of things. And just moving people and seeing them go, you know, uh, from from here to there and those types of things. So I was always kind of intrigued, you know. As a kid, I, I rode around in the bus, you know, the city bus for fun, uh, you know, every Sunday. So trans- <laughs> transportation's really been kind of in my blood uh, all along. So then, yeah, I, I you know, I, I got involved in, in uh, transit. So I was in the transit industry for about 15 years. Worked to, with all types of transit operators, large and small. So I certainly understand the complexity of transportation. There's a lot of overlap, you know, certainly in the school bus industry. But you know, seeing that, and I've worked through operational reviews and different types of assignments, really understanding transportation and the complexities and all the things that you know you have to worry about in the day. You know, meeting pullout and and picking up riders and delivering service. 
all, all this is important. So uh, school bus is kind of a new passion the last couple of years, just as I've been involved in a lot of electrification work. You know, I've, I've worked with over you know, 40 different types of lead operators or owners, mainly transit, on their electrification efforts to zero emission bus transition and really got involved with school bus. I really find it interesting. It's, it's something completely different to me and, and kind of foreign. Uh, so I've really enjoyed learning you know, just through NSTA and, and members about the school bus industry and just getting more involved with it because I really do like to immerse myself. You know, if I'm a part of an association, I really want to immerse myself, understand it, and really offer you know, value uh, to, 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 to members of the association. That's great. And I, I think, you know, doing this podcast for as long as I've been doing it, there, there is one common thread to, to people who end up in student transportation like yourself. And I think it's a curiosity is the best way I can describe it. You know, the industry itself is, is very successful. There's a lot of moving parts, but, you know, we're able to move, you know, nearly 25 million school children to and from school each day. But the industry doesn't rest on its laurels. It continues to try to improve and make things, you know, operationally, you know, more efficient. I mean, that's kind of what I hear out of your answer. So I do think that's a, a common thread in, in student transportation. Just curious, in, in your travels, have, have you seen that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, I have kids every morning, they step on the school bus and I start thinking, you know, from the operational perspective, like, what are, what are these guys doing? How can I help them? So I'm always kind of right, right. from that operational perspective, looking at how do we make things better? Recognizing, hey, we only have a certain amount of money and resources, but how do we maximize that and do the best that we can? And that's really kind of always been my mindset, um, you know, looking at, at different operators and, and fleet owners and you know, providers. It's, you know, how do, how do we do the best with what we have? And I, I always kind of approach it from that perspective. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that overall student transportation has been successful in doing that with respect to safety, right? But now we have this, this added element of the electrification efforts. And, you know, as, to your point, you know, how do we take these resources, utilize them effectively so we get the most bang for the buck, so to speak? So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned your, your uh, experience with transit uh, and their electrification efforts. Um, perhaps they're, they're a little ahead of where school bus is now. So can you draw on any of that experience to help you in, in the current realm? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, transit sort of was a beachhead for electrification and it, it, it did kind of come out first. And there was a lot of lessons learned that, that kind of came out of that. Uh, and, and I see a lot of similarities, you know, with, the, with student transportation. It's, it's almost kind of a deja vu moment for me because there's mm -hmm. a lot of excitement initially and everyone wants to do something. And, and they're very excited to start buying buses and, and doing things. But there's really no appreciation for the long-term framework and thinking out, you know, as I scale, how does all this work? And that was some of the, the missteps, you know, some, some transit agencies took in the early days. They started buying buses, they were getting money, they're putting chargers in, uh, maybe not in the best locations. And now they're, they're trying to, as they scale up, they're trying to shoehorn this all to make it work. Whereas, right. you know, had they maybe stepped back and said, hey, let, let's plan this out. Let's think about this first, then go, you know, all in, uh, you know, start doing the fun mm -hmm. part, buying and then deploying. It, it probably would have been a lot wiser for them. Uh, because the journey's just been a lot more complicated unnecessarily. And, and hey, th hey, thanks to those people that you know, stuck their neck out and uh, were leaders and, and, you know, captured those lessons learned. But 
I'm just concerned for the student transportation industry may go in the same direction, that there's just a lot of excitement and you know, we're going to just start buying buses and you know, not really thinking about the long term and, and how do we make this scalable and uh, do it in, a, in an intelligent way for the future. Yeah, no, great point. You know, and that's something I, I also think about because you add the element of, you know, f funding resources out there, whether it's federal, whether it's state, whether it's utility. And now, so if, if there weren't those funding resources, there there would be a, a cause and effect. So if somebody made a bad decision, it would have definitely like affect their bottom line. But because there are grants available, perhaps, you know, people jump in to your point too quickly. So, uh, you know, is, is that an element that you see to this transition as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I fully appreciate that the money's out there and, you know, we want to grab it and take it. But you know, my, my, my kind of advice is slow down a little bit and start thinking through the long term, you know, and, and this is going to take a long time to transition over. It's not going to be fun necessarily. It, it will be complex. It will be challenging. But as long as you've kind of planned out that, that long, the long term framework and say, hey, at least I have a roadmap or a guideway of how I'm going to get there. And at least you have a guiding post. To, to make it a little more straightforward for you, a little bit simpler. Uh, but for sure, yeah, you know, money's out there. We, we definitely want to get the money and start doing things. But just and maybe slow down a little bit and start planning it out and think about, you know, especially if you have multiple facilities and how you do all the load management and, and some very complex things emerge that just may not come to you today in your operations. You know, fueling, fueling diesel, propane, CNG, a lot more straightforward. Uh, than charging buses and just having to think through all that and what that looks like to your operations. Right. Yeah. And this whole process of electrification of the school bus fleet, to your point, is not a straight line. So we're going to have to, you know, dip into to curves and, and uh, you know, potential, you know, roadblocks, you know, here or there. So I think having a long range approach is definitely going to be vital, you know, as we make this transition. Exactly. Yep. hundred percent. So uh, one thing that you and I have talked about, you know, previously, and I think one area where we can, you know, navigate that, that non, non straight line is through, you know, when operators are keeping options open. Now you don't want to be too coy in that, but you also, uh, to your point earlier, don't want to jump in, you know, head first too quickly either. So, can you talk about perhaps what is the jumping off point, the starting point for an operator to, to start on the transition to electrification and maybe perhaps some tips on, on how that person can go about it? Sure. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing, again, if I, if I draw my previous experiences, even in transit or on the municipal fleet side, most of them are going the route now of first aid developing a plan and having that plan or that framework to there to be able to navigate. Uh, certainly we're seeing, you know, and no knock to the OEMs or any of these folks that are out there doing their jobs and, and trying to sell vehicles and chargers, um, but kind of the, the early deployments, uh, you know, what, what they try to do often is try and get you into their ecosystem. And this could be a challenge because as you go down the road and you start electrifying more vehicles, uh, you may want to pivot and, you know, go to a different a different OEM or you want to try a different charger type. So if you've locked yourself in kind of too early, you're limiting your options and that might hurt you down the road. Also, we're seeing just in terms of data availability and standardization, again, coming from the transit industry, 
Um, different buses, different chargers share different levels of information. So as a fleet owner, fleet operator, uh, you know, you, you need the data to manage your fleet and to operate your fleet. Well, what a lot of realize now is that every bus or every charger is not consistent in the type of data that they're providing. So having mm-hmm. data standardization and being able to standardize what's coming off of these chargers, what's coming off the buses so you can manage your operations, that's been a challenge. You know, so certainly looking at kind of the bigger picture, uh, certainly all that excitement and, and you know, getting your first deployment and trying them out is, is there and it's, it's all good and, and learning the technology. Uh, but really trying to, to to create the bigger picture and think about the future. And again, keeping kind of those options open, because if you lock in too early, you may prevent yourself or, or, or hamper your abilities to pivot down the road as technology will, can, and should change uh, when it comes to electrification. Because we're so early today that really none of us has a crystal ball what's going to be around in 10 years. And, you know, just having that flexibility just benefits yourself in the long term. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that that there are so many people out there just beginning their journey in this. So, for example, I have a plug-in hybrid, okay? It happens to be Honda, Mm -hmm. but I can't utilize, because there are a ton of Tesla charging stations, you know, around in the, um, you know, convenience stores in the area. I can't use that infrastructure. so I guess the question I have for you, is that something that's going to be a challenge in, in the school bus? So is each uh, different bus going to have to ha- having different infrastructure, charging infrastructure? No, I think we're going to see standardization. I mean, the, the open protocols and just, uh, you know, being interoperable. Because it, at the end of the day, you know, some early kind of deployments tried to get folks into their ecosystem. And, right. you know, if you're a fleet owner, a fleet operator, you, you're not going to, you, you don't want to tie yourself down. It's like, you know, if you have a diesel pump today, um, it can work on any bus. Uh, so it should be able to right. be the same on electric. You know, it should be able to right. work on any bus. So we do have SAE standards. You know, J1772 is the standard for plug-in uh, chargers. That's a standardized, you know, connector. So we, we, you're going to see the kind of uh, gravity, you know, uh, most OEMs kind of gravitating to that JE standard because just, uh, sorry, SAE standard because it makes sense. You know, it's interoperable. Everyone can use it. Okay. Well, and, I'll tell and, you from. I mean, I was going to add also, as you kind of go down that journey too, like you start looking at kind of more advanced scenarios like charging hubs and being able to share that infrastructure uh, between other fleet operators and owners as a, as a potential revenue source. That becomes very interesting if you have a common standard that anyone can use. Yeah, great point there too. You know, we talk about a lot of stuff, you know, within this podcast alone. Um, it, you know, if operators, you know, are, are entering into this journey, you know, are there any things we haven't covered that they should take into consideration as, you know, they're developing the re- electrification framework? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say first, your, your first step is understand your roots and the way you run them today. And kind of your willingness to change because a lot of this comes down to change. And I've worked with many fleet operators and owners that say, you know what? I'm happy to change my roots and the way I do things. Others say, nope, I want to keep it exactly the way it is, make the technology work around it for me. So do a little bit of soul searching, understanding what kind of your, you know, your, your interest in changing towards the technology uh, is kind of vital. Because right now, the, the technology you know, in terms of range and things like that, the range of an electric school bus is not comparable to a diesel or CNG or propane. So 
if we're looking at today's technology, change is inevitable. So it's really understanding how you'd like to approach it. And every you know school bus owner or operator is going to have kind of their their philosophy of how they want to change. Whether it's you know increasing the fleet size potentially, whether it's looking at you know running routes differently, uh, looking at doing some midday charging. So really. Uh, in coming up with that plan and that framework, these are the kind of things you got to look at early on and understand, you know, if I have this entire system, you know, for example, I'm running 300 buses and this is where they're all going, like how successful will I be? So initially you look at past fail rates of, you know, if you run this route, will the electric bus be able to satisfy those requirements and really understanding that first at the kind of the micro level, but then at the enterprise or kind of macro level, and looking at it kind of your your operation wide and then saying, hey, I'm going to have a problem here and coming up with a plan to to solve that. So, you know, a, a lot of it comes down, again, back to planning and just the way that you think you'll approach this journey and what makes sense for you and, and your journey. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, as as we keep as an organization going through the ins and outs of electrification, there are issues that that continue to pop up. You know, one was, you know, are we taking grant money? from the federal government and now paying state sales tax, for example, uh, on buses. Mm-hmm. So we're just t- taking that money and, and actually paying to another, you know, jurisdiction and tax. And is that a wise use of, you know, revenue? So, you know, those are conversations we're going to have down the line, you know, with policymakers. Another area, and you and I have talked about this, are some of the soft costs. You know, should, should those things be eligible for grant monies? And I think the overall program that we see is that it's perhaps going to be a piece of federal dollars, a piece of state dollars, and perhaps a piece of, you know, utility incentives down the line that's going to make this whole whole thing work together. You know, I'd just like to get your thoughts on the soft cost issue and, and did I miss anything in, in, in terms of resources that might be out there for operators? No, I, I think you captured it well. I mean, there's a lot of funding programs out there and you know certainly we're tracking a lot of them as well and some of them aren't as popular they're not the obvious ones some of them are, are quite obscure and you really kind of have to dig deep but the monies are there so if you want to leverage them uh, there's opportunities but yeah soft costs certainly you know the planning function you know most of these grants cover the capital they cover the infrastructure but they're not you know sponsoring the planning in any way and you know from my perspective that's a major miss because it's setting us up for failure in that, you know, we're just giving grants out, people are using this money, and it may not be the most thought out approach uh, or the best approach. So, you know, I would advocate certainly that the capital cost should be, uh, sorry, yeah, soft cost should certainly be eligible for, you know, different types of grants to be able to, to solve the electrification challenges. Uh, again, if we look at other industries, they've kind of gone that way and that they, they've even gone as far as mandating to have plans in order to qualify uh, for grant funding. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with school bus, but uh, I certainly believe it, it would be a good use of funds to to really plan out the journey and make sure we do this properly, uh, you know, and scalable for the future. Well, yeah, a lot of great information, Sasha. So once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, Sasha Pechich, she's managing partner over at Better Fleet. They are an NSTA vendor partner. So, Sasha, thanks so much for joining the podcast. If folks want to learn more about Better Fleet, where can they get that information? Sure. I mean, hey, I'm always happy to have a conversation. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to, to share 
my my experiences and, and my thoughts to anyone who wants to chat. So certainly don't feel don't feel shy to reach out. But in terms of other resources, certainly our website uh, www.betterfleet.com is a good resource as well. So a couple other exciting things we're putting together a what we're calling the Better Fleet Academy. So we're actually interviewing fleet owners, operators, uh, OEMs, you name it, from across the world and coming up with a, a video series, an educational series that's going to be available for free. And certainly if anyone from you know, the NSDA community would like to speak and, and has experiences they'd like to share, we welcome them. But essentially, it's going to be a lear- learning resource and really short, concise videos that anyone can download and take a look and, and watch if they're uh, convenient. So that's available. As well, uh, we're just uh, wrapping up on a white paper for School Bus that we're going to be sharing uh, that you know, we, we'd love to share with the NSTA members as well about some, some thoughts about going down this journey and looking at some uh, kind of different scenarios, even for revenue generation and other kind of exciting stuff uh, in, in electrification and those opportunities. So a lot of information is available. Uh, we're certainly happy to share and, and educate. Well, that's great. And, you know, Sasha, we appreciate, you know, all you've done in terms of, you know, providing um, us, a, a you know, an opportunity to engage with you, you know, at our live events. As we move forward, I think this uh, discussion will only grow and grow. So thanks for what you've done so far and appreciate your expertise in this area. Once again, Sasha Pechich, Managing Partner at Better Fleet. Sasha, thanks so much for joining us at NSDA The Bus Stop. Thank you, Kurt. It was a great time.